0: today's episode of trace material is brought to you by french fry sammy who's that i don't know but they left us a very nice apple review
1: well then they're friends of ours let's hear it
0: i love the hosts they make the nitty-gritty fun and approachable
1: it's so nice thank you french fry sammy If you, like French Rye Sammy, are enjoying Trace material, we would so appreciate it if you could give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It does wonders for the visibility of our podcast and will help us reach other material geeks out there who should really be joining us for this exciting exploration of fungi.
0: Many thanks in advance. Okay, on to the show.
1: Welcome to Trace Material from Parsons Healthy Materials Lab at The New School. I'm Ava Robinson.
0: And I'm Burgess Brown.
1: Burgess, it's a new season and I want to kick things off by talking about fear. Oh, okay, scary. So I've been reading up on mycophobia, which, if you're unfamiliar, is the fear of fungi.
0: Ah, okay. So I don't have mycophobia, but I do need to admit something right off the bat here. I don't really like eating mushrooms.
1: Oh no, you're kidding me! They're so good.
0: It's a texture thing.
1: Okay, we'll address this further off-air. I also wouldn't say I have mycophobia, but growing up, I always associated fungi, and mushrooms especially, with spooky things like fairy rings and witches. And it turns out, I'm not alone in this. Particularly in Anglo-influenced places like the US, fungi have been sort of culturally shunned for centuries. They've been associated with death, decay, and disease. But fungi are a huge family of living things that do so much more than decompose.
0: Now, we should, of course, note that there are some bona fide reasons to fear fungi. Black mold, for instance, is a truly horrible thing to find in your home. But that's no reason to write them off. I was watching this video of Paul Stamets, who's a rock star mycologist, and he said that mycophobia is really more a fear of the unknown. So while there's still a lot we don't know about fungi, this season, we're gonna see how much we can learn about this magical kingdom and explore the potential it holds for the future of healthy materials.
1: So many of the materials we're surrounded by on a day-to-day basis are toxic to our bodies and our environment. And here at the lab, we see a lot of materials that are healthy They're better than the standard, a bit less toxic. And incremental change is a good and powerful thing. But what if we could surround ourselves with truly healthy materials? Ones that go beyond just being non-toxic and are actually good for our bodies and for the planet. That is the promise of fungi.
0: Fungi can be a source of food or medicine that you can grow in your own backyard. And they can also be used to literally grow new materials. Fungi-based products are already replacing things like styrofoam packaging, leather handbags, and bacon. There are also really exciting myco-innovations that could have huge implications for housing. Later this season, we'll hear from a mycologist using fungi to clean up soil and water that's been contaminated by toxic building products. And we're going to talk to an architect that's growing fungi construction materials like bricks and insulation to build truly healthy housing with. But before we get too far into this, we need to understand the fungi basics. So I want to tell you about a little field trip I took to see a guy about some mushrooms. Back in early March, I drove up to Kingston, New York to meet John Michelotti, who runs a company called Catskill Fungi.
1: Hey,
0: Morgan. Hey, John. How's it going? Good. Doing all right. John is, as I've learned, pretty representative of the mushroom community in that he just totally lives and breathes this stuff. We met up at his house, and he had some nice ambient music playing. And straight away, he offered me some mushroom tea.
2: Would you like some chaga tea? Oh my gosh! And from
0: there, I don't think John took a breath. He's just super jazzed about mushrooms.
2: Fungi can actually help us sequester carbon. We They're like our parents of these things, not only to carbs. grow our homes. As you know, you have self-preparing spacesuits.
0: But we got our teammate, moved aside a mushroom project that had totally taken over the dining table, and settled in. Let's zoom back out mm-hmm. and start from the start.
2: Um, can you tell me your name? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> good idea. We are. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Um, my name is John Michelotti, and we are in the Catskill Mountains in New York, about an hour and a half north of New York City.
0: What do you tell people that you do for a living?
2: (laughs) I tell people that I'm a mushroom guy and that I bring people in the woods and I teach them what's growing. And I also teach them how to cultivate mushrooms indoors and outdoors and how to make medicinal mushroom tinctures, which I also make and sell at farmer's markets and stores and uh, online to harness the, the health properties of fungi.
0: John does all this under the umbrella of his company called Catskill Fungi. We should also mention that John's got serious credentials. He's a former president of the Mid-Hudson Mycological Association, co-founded the Catskill Regional Mycoflora Project, served on the Mushroom Advisory Panel for Certified Naturally Grown, and gives presentations all over the country. So he's a great person to introduce us to the world of fungi.
1: Okay, you just said fungi, but I heard John say fungi. Which one is right?
0: I asked John exactly the same thing.
2: Yeah, there's no right way to say it. Um, you could say fungi or fungi. Honestly, the 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 fungi they don't care what you're calling them. They're just happy you're out there looking for them. And among mycologists, uh, there is no right way to say it.
0: So I met up with John to walk around in the woods and look at mushrooms. But before we headed out, I needed to get a rundown on some of the key words we'll be hearing this season. Let's start with the big one, fungi.
2: Fungi are their own kingdom of living things or queendom of living things or kingdom, as I like to say. And they're separate from plants and animals and they only became their own kingdom in the late 60s, uh, 1960s, uh, because they digest food more similarly to animals than plants that make their own food from photosynthesis. Fungi are heterotrophs like animals
0: What's a heterotroph?
2: A heterotroph is something that uh, finds food outside its body. As animals, we take food into our stomachs, uh, enzymes are released, which break down the food, we absorb the nutrients, Well, the fungi are doing this externally. They excrete enzymes into their environment, break down the building blocks of wood, and then absorb those nutrients.
1: Alright, so fungi is our broadest term. It's just like saying plant. That encompasses a ton of different kinds of living things.
0: Right, exactly. So as John says, fungi are an entire kingdom, or kingdom, which is a biological classification of living things. There are five or six kingdoms, depending on where you are in the world, that all living things fit into. The animal kingdom and the plant kingdom are probably the most well-known.
1: So obviously fungi aren't all mushrooms, then.
0: No, definitely not. Mushrooms, yeast, molds are all kinds of fungi. Here's how John explains it.
2: Mushrooms are the fruiting body of fungi. So they are similar to an apple on an apple tree where the function of the apple is to make seeds, to make more trees. The function of the mushroom is to make spores, but spores are microscopic. So we can't see them with the naked eye, but we're completely surrounded in spores our entire life. Like in every square millimeter of air, there's about a thousand spores. They travel around the globe. They're through the earth's atmosphere. They're everywhere around us. Um, They're in our bodies. They're on every surface and When spores land on a substrate or something they like to grow in, they start an interconnected network called mycelium.
0: Okay, so a mushroom is like an apple growing on an apple tree. It's the fruit, not the tree.
2: In the fungi world, the tree is called mycelium. Mycelium is the living body of fungi. This is what is alive 365 days a year. In every square inch of soil here in the Northeast, there's about a mile of mycelium, and this is going 35 feet down in the soil. So when conditions are perfect, the mycelium pools its energy together and fruits a mushroom. So mushrooms make spores, spores make mycelium, mycelium make mushrooms. And so that's your basic life cycle of fungi.
1: All right, let me try for a quick recap. Fungi is an entire kingdom that encompasses mushrooms, yeasts, and molds. Mushrooms are like fruits that pop out of the ground to spread spores and make more mycelium. Mycelium is like an underground network of branches that are eating and spreading and growing. Oh, nailed it. So as we've mentioned, every
0: part of fungi can be used in a bunch of different ways. From a material and housing standpoint, we're particularly excited about the potential of mycelium-based products. But to understand the innovation that's happening with mycelium, it's important we understand how people have been interacting with fungi for centuries. And that's really what I wanted to talk to John about. So we took a snowy walk in the woods together. Uh, let's go foraging, should we go foraging?
2: Great. Okay.
0: One of the things John does with Catskill Fungi is lead foraging groups. Foraging is essentially walking in the woods and hunting for mushrooms, but it's a hobby that gets a lot of people really excited. So I asked John, What's all the hype about?
2: Yeah, why do people forage? Well, it's a really good question. People forage for a variety of different reasons. I mean, today, they forage not only to, I mean, get outside and just, it gives you like a little scavenger hunt while you're on a walk, but it's also something that can help you uh, find your own food or find your own medicine. Then there's, the, there's a whole lot of other people that are interested in identifying all the little things in the world, all the things that, that are obscure, the, the mushrooms that are not common. Uh, the kingdom fungi is the second largest kingdom of living things. There are more fungi than there are plants and animals combined. There's anywhere between two and 10 million species of fungi on this planet. And out of that, we only have scientifically described about 148,000, which means it's less than 5% have been scientifically described. So the chances of you finding a new bird and naming it as a species is like pretty small. The chances of you finding a new fungi and naming the new species is quite high because there are so many different things out there that we haven't looked at. Remember
0: how we said that there's a lot we still don't know about fungi? This is what we're talking about. One thread that's gonna be woven throughout this season is the role of the citizen scientist in fungal exploration. Fungi have been pushed to the margins in many ways, in academia, in science, in society, and that's meant that many of the advancements and discoveries and innovations have also happened at the margins and have been driven by community efforts. Mycology is exciting to so many people because there are a bunch of ways that you or I or any other amateur mycologist in training can get involved and start contributing to the field.
2: So when you go out foraging, it's always good to bring a couple things with you. First of all, you don't need anything to to go out there and enjoy what you can see. But one of the other things that you can bring uh, is a mushroom hunting basket like we have here and baskets are good because they're porous so as you're walking with your mushrooms you can continuously spread spores you can bring a camera and the better photos you can take that can that can you can get help identifying fungi that way as well.
0: John told me about this app called iNaturalist, where you can upload and tag your mushroom finds and check out what others have found and identified. Then citizen scientists, mycologists and professors even all across the world are cataloging and tracking the growing diversity of fungi.
1: Now, we should mention that if you want to do more than just identify mushrooms, like if you want to use them for food, you really need to do your homework. As the old saying goes, there are old mushroom hunters and there are bold mushroom hunters, but there are no old, bold mushroom hunters. If you have any doubts about the safety of a mushroom, leave it be. This is where a healthy fear of mushrooms is warranted. There are plenty of databases online and
0: apps where you can identify local mushrooms, but nothing beats local knowledge. There are regional mushroom clubs all over the country that lead walks, or if you're in the New York area, hit up John and the folks at Catskill Fungi, and they'll teach you everything you need to know. Soon you'll be looking at the forest in a totally different light. And as John told me, it'll also change the way you look at the world.
2: So not only, yeah, am I a different person walking in the forest and understanding the ways in which the fungi are interconnecting under our feet, and leading to the health of the ecosystem in general, fungi have opened my eyes to how, how we do that and, and what that looks like and, and how we can get a benefit from uh, the things that just grow in our backyard and grow in our forests. And then also cultivating fungi is empowering because we can grow our own food from the waste products that we generally throw away, like cardboard and coffee grounds. It's changed the way uh, yeah, I look at food, I look at medicine, and I look at the forests and our ecosystems.
1: That's a lot of what we're going to be exploring this season. How can fungi change the way we approach our ecosystem? How can they give us healthier food systems, healthier bodies, healthier materials, and healthier housing?
0: We often talk about the life cycle of materials. So that means from the time its components are extracted from the Earth to the time that they return. We want materials that are non-toxic at every stage of the life cycle, in the factory, in your home, and when it's reached the end of its useful life. But what if we went further than just aiming for non-toxic? What if we could work with materials that were healthy and life-giving and regenerative from harvest to disposal? That is our hope for fungi-based materials. And we're excited for you to join us as we explore these possibilities this season.
1: So we started this episode talking about fear and we want to end it by talking about the sacred. Well, fear of fungi has been cultivated in some cultures and others they've long been seen as sacred.
0: Remember the chaga tea that John and I shared at the top of the episode? John told me that the Cree people from what is now Canada have been using chaga for centuries as an immune booster and to treat stomach ailments. The Kanti people of Western Siberia, where Chaga gets its name, serve the tea to new mothers after giving birth and use it in the baby's first bath. Many different native peoples use the smoke from Chaga as purification, incense, and in pipe ceremonies.
1: It's important to recognize and honor the sacred history of fungi as we look to potential future uses. A great resource for learning more about this history is a zine called Commodification of the Sacred, a pluralistic ethno-myco-perspective put together by a group called POC Fungi Community. We'll have a link on the podcast page of our website.
0: All right, that's it for this week. We hope you'll join us for the rest of the season. Next week, we're going to dive further into the work that citizen scientists are doing to advance the field of mycology, and then we'll head underground to explore the tangled web that is mycelium. See you next time. Trace Material is a project of Parsons Healthy Materials Lab at the New School. It's hosted and produced by Ava Robinson and me, Burgess Brown, with support from Jansara Ruth and the HML team. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd so appreciate a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. For more information, head to healthymaterialslab.org podcast. And be sure to give us a follow on Instagram as well, at healthymaterialslab. A big thank you to John Michelotti for lending his voice and expertise to this episode. Head over to CatskillFungi.com to see what events they've got going on or to see what extracts they have available. And on Instagram, they're at CatskillFungi. Trace material is made possible by support from Friends of Healthier Materials. Our theme music is Rainbow Road by Cardioid, and additional music comes from Blue Dot Sessions.